Hello everyone and welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I'm David Chen and joining me are... Devendra Hardwar. Peter Serretta. And joining us also, he is the entertainment reporter for io9 and Gizmodo. Jermaine Lucier. Jermaine, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me back, sirs. We have Jermaine on today because this is part two of the annual summer movie wager, which has now been going on for over a decade in which we are trying to choose the top 10 grossing films of the domestic box office uh, every summer. But we have a special guest today joining us also for at least the first couple minutes of this episode. He is a regular co-host of the Slash Filmcast. He's also recently had his eye poked at. Jeff Kanata, welcome back to the Slash Filmcast. Jeff, Woo! how you doing today? Woo! Jeff, oh, claps, claps. Thank you, everybody. How you doing today, man? What 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 are you up to right now? Well, Dave, <laughs> I guess you could say what I'm up to uh, is best summed up in the form of a limerick. Whoa, you did a limerick, man! Amazing. Yeah, man, I, I got nothing but time, baby. <laughs> you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. How did I get a detached retina? <laughs> it's the question I ask, and I'm betting you. It is related to when Chan mandated a limerick a week or I'll threaten you. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. You're blaming uh, me for the retina, Jeff. Strong I'm words. Saying, oh, my, strong I didn't have uh, there wasn't Tracks. a lot of stress before that happened. And then, bam, boom, my <laughs> eye falls out. Okay. I'm just well, saying. Yeah. You well, know, co- correlation is not causation, but uh, maybe in this case. <laughs> We've gotten so many questions, Jeff, about how you're doing, what you're up to, how's your recovery going, how'd the operation go. In yeah. like two to three sentences, can you sum up what's going on with you? Well, first of all, I have to send out just a massive thank you to all the Slash Film cast listeners who just gave me this amazing outpouring of support and well wishes. Uh, It is humbling, to say the least. Uh, Dave did an amazing job of putting together the audio messages, over an hour of audio messages. Uh, My wife and I listened to them together. Um, I was crying throughout. It It was beautiful and touching and heartwarming. And uh, it, it is not only this amazing thing that I got now to to make me feel better as I'm, you know, going through what is basically my first big surgery of my life. Uh, but it's it, it also feels like this, this gift that I'm going to be able to give to my kids someday, you know, when they inevitably hate me i'll be like hey look listen there's there was a time when a lot of people had some nice things to say about your dad <laughs> at one point in time some people liked me That's yeah what, is what, is what little, you will retort when your teenage kids are yelling at you i have audio proof yeah. uh and um and no seriously it is it is just extraordinary the kindness and um positivity and and uh just I'm overwhelmed by it all. Uh, Devendra, I have to thank you. you Devendra sent me audiobooks. Uh, several listeners did as well. But Devendra, I'm so excited. I'm I'm diving into uh, the fifth season next. Oh, great. Can't uh, wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I've heard very good things about it. And um, audiobooks have been my savior because I just sit around with my eyes closed all day long. I sent you some very long ones, Jeff. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate it very much. And um, so – to answer your, to finally answer your question, Dave, I, um, the surgery, uh, was, uh, I want to say memorable, except <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the first time I've been completely knocked out for anything and it's crazy. That's that experience is crazy. Just like being wheeled into the operating room and then 
I have no memory until yeah. I'm like in the car with my wife. Um, so I don't remember it, but, uh, the doctors tell me it went well. I had my, my checkup today, actually my one week checkup. And, um, we had spoken, I mean, it's a very long convoluted story that I won't bore everybody with now, but, um, I had gone to one doctor who had explained basically a, a, a hellish <laughs> tale of torture that I was going to have to go through. And, um, my wife who's amazing managed to, um, find a second doctor, even on the weekend, he came in on his own time, opened up his, his practice without any staff there on a, I think it was like a Saturday afternoon. He left a birthday party and came over and saw me and described a different procedure that he was able to do that, uh, it was still pretty intense and required me being knocked out completely for it, but, uh, would not require anywhere near the amount of, um, weird recovery period that I was, that yeah. was described to me. You by the originally first thought you couldn't talk and now, now you're talking. Yeah. You know? so that's, I mean, I have, I have a recording of that first doctor explaining it to me and I listen to it again. It's, it's hellish. Oh, I mean, it's like, yeah. you can't talk. You can say maybe two or three words, you know, like I'm in pain or need food, but it's like, it, he, like the idea that there was another option and this guy wasn't going to offer it to me. Aaron, my wife thinks that he hates me, that the <laughs> first doctor had something out for me. But um, I'm so uh, grateful that she was persistent and found another option. And, and I've said to everybody, I have learned my lesson. Always get a second opinion. Um, always get a second opinion. And uh, so – yeah, I got what's called uh, a vitrectomy with a scleral buckle, and the scleral buckle is literally a band that is holding my eye together. Mm. Um, so I think it's doing a lot of the work that being in the weird position would have done. Um, basically, the idea of being in the weird position was trying to use gravity to hold your retina in place while it heals, and the scleral buckle, I believe, is doing some of that work. So. Uh, I'm allowed to sit up. I'm allowed to talk, as you can hear, um, which is great. I can talk to my kids. And uh, I just basically can't do anything that's taxing physically. Uh, like yeah. uh, recording this episode of the summer movie where you're with us, right? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> right. I mean, I really shouldn't. Yeah, I, I probably could get by. But I, I, my, my eyesight went out before the contest was officially over. So I, I still think anybody can win. And I still think I'm, I'm really in this one. So until I see proof otherwise, which is going to be a while before I can see anything, uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and think that I still have a possibility of pulling this one out. All right. All right. So Jeff, it sounds like you'll, you'll be still recovering for a couple weeks. Um, yeah. But that hopefully sometime in the next, you know, two to six weeks, we can get you back on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very looking, very much looking forward to being able to watch things. Um, like I said, all I'm doing is listening to stuff right now. Um, but uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to being able to watch things again. And then as soon as I can watch things, I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to be back on the show. So it, it's not the six weeks that I thought it was going to be. I think, I think it's probably going to be more like three, which is pretty great. And uh, it feels like a real gift. But I'm, just overwhelmingly grateful. I can't, there aren't words enough to express, um, how heartening and, um, important it was special. It was for me to hear the, the, and see, uh, my wife would read things to me. Uh, Dave read some stuff to me, uh, the things that people were saying in, in support. It, it is, it's, 
it really does matter. It makes a difference when you're feeling like uh, feeling very bleak and and uh, scared, quite honestly. So thank you to all of you who sent nice things or said nice things. Um, it, it made a difference, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. All right, Jeff. Uh, well, we love you. We continue to hope for your uh, speedy and smooth recovery. Uh, and I do have some good news for you, Jeff. Um, you that? did not come in dead last in this year's summer yes. movie wager. So, <laughs> saying there's a chance. So basically, you nailed it. Is what I'm trying yeah, to say, baby. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, did I beat you, Dave. Um. Nope. I'm gonna say <laughs> that's still a maybe. Still. A maybe. <laughs> that's all that matters. No, it was me. It was me dead last. Of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, um, uh, great to hear your voice. Uh, it's very encouraging to hear your voice. And a lot of people in the chat room right now are really glad to hear your voice. And um, again, yeah, uh, speedy recovery. We're going to let you go so you can rest. Uh, yeah. If you know, if you want, Jeff, you can actually tune into this live on YouTube and, and listen to us trash talk you. I may uh, very well do that. Very if you see a bunch of uh, characters on a keyboard that, as if someone <laughs> slammed their hand blindly onto it, <laughs> that's me disagreeing harshly with something you say. All right. All right. Noted, okay. Jeff. All right. Well, be hey, well. Thanks, guys. I, I, I cannot wait to come back. I'm, I miss all of you, and I miss doing the show, and I'm, I'm really sad to miss this. Is One of the highlights of the year is, is this the reckoning for the summer movie wager. <laughs> but uh, I will listen, and I will uh, enjoy what you guys say. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good night, Jeff. Talk Bye, later, man. Bye. Get better. Thanks. All right. So, uh, as we've I'll already pointed out, that guy. Oh my God! Never <laughs> gonna shut. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> so, as we pointed out, this is part two of the summer movie wager. And uh, earlier this year, we ta- we picked our top ten uh, movies of the summer and ranked them in order of domestic box office. Now, I'm going to explain to you uh, how this works very briefly. The object is to pick the films you think will be the top 10 grossing films of the summer in order of box office performance. Uh, that means only films released from whenever we decide this game starts. Which I, When did it start? Was it like March this year for the Endgame? No, I'm just joking. Um, it was April uh, uh, when Avengers Endgame came out all the way through Labor Day weekend, including that Monday. Uh, and you, you're going to be figuring out what 10 films will make the most money and putting them in order of what you think they will gross at the box office. But in addition to the top 10, you get to pick three dark horses, films you think might make it, but that you're not confident enough about to put into your top 10 proper. The scoring of the top 10 movies goes as follows. Uh, getting number one or 10 dead on gets you 13 points each. 10 points for numbers two through nine dead on. Seven points if your pick was only one spot away from where it ended up. Five points if it was two spots away. Three points if your pick is anywhere in the top 10. And one point for each dark horse. The scoring is tabulated so that you get the single highest point value for each pick. So if you get number 10 right, you don't get 13 plus three. You only get 13. So those are the rules. And we do want to, again, thank uh, Dennis. Dennis from Germany, who created thesummermoviewager.com, that website, which not only is a real-time way of keeping track of our scores, but also allowed people to enter in. And we'll actually reveal at the end of this podcast uh, who entered and got the highest score uh, from people who played along with us on the leaderboard. So big thanks to Dennis uh, for making the Summer Movie Wager super fun at thesummermoviewager.com. Uh, I mean, he's a, despite his vicious trash-talking on Twitter, <laughs> he is one of the reasons why this is such a joy to take part in each year. So again, thanks to Dennis and thanks to everyone who participated and uh, rooted for your own. <laughs> thanks to all the people who played play their own version of Summer Movie Wager, including uh, people who had cash bounties against David Chen 
which uh, happened this year. So we are going to wait until the end of this podcast to reveal who was the number one winner this year. Dave, I know we're not going to reveal who the winner is, but I just want to say I'm on the summermoviewager.com right now, and I'm looking at the the rankings here, and it says I have a 67% chance of winning. So I mean, it's <laughs> so I I have good I have good you, you have good odds. That. You got good odds. That's how feeling. odds work. Yeah, yeah, that's how odds work. Definitely. <laughs> yep. I mean, it still says that, yep. even though it's already been completed. So I think I, I think we really just need to fix that. We need to tweak that logic on the page here. <laughs> uh, okay, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to count down the top ten movies of the summer, uh, and then talk about you know how how they compared to our choices for the rankings. So let's do it, shall we? Number one, to the surprise of absolutely zero people, is Avengers Endgame with eight hundred fifty-eight point three million dollars. So I don't know how much there is to say about this. You know, it is the culminating film of a massive 10-year arc spanning over 20 films. And uh, people really came out in droves for it. It definitely was a a, a lot more of a... Like, even though the first, let's say, two and a half hours of this three-hour movie were pretty depressing, uh, that ending was pretty feel-good. And I think people turned out not only once, but multiple times to see this movie. That's why we all chose it as our number one. Um, does anyone have any other thoughts they want to share about Avengers Endgame being the number one choice? Jermaine, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note that um, you know our game is just domestic box office, but worldwide it became the highest grossing film of all time, beating Avatar. And then, uh, but some, and it did not win domestic all time. Star Wars: Force Awakens still holds that with like nine hundred and something million. This only got to like only got to eight hundred fifty-eight million dollars, and then also. Do you remember like 15 years ago when you follow box office and a movie hit $200 million? You'd be like, oh my God, $200 million. It's never going And then it was like three hundred four. Now it's $800 million. It still to this day blows my mind that movies are grossing this much. And I know inflation, ticket prices, all that, but still, eight, $900 million? Crazy. Agreed. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of us were on the same page with this top four, but Avengers Endgame is the only film on this list that all of us got right. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. So we, kn- a- we know how it works. I, I do want to ask you, Dave, uh, did it feel like summer began when that movie hit theater? <laughs> uh, the answer is no, Devendra. I-, I-, I feel like summer begins on June 22nd. It seems like it was the biggest <laughs> movie of the summer. So <laughs> I don't know. Good question. Good question. It's-, it's a question for the ages, I think, really, is where we're ending up on this one. Number two. With $523.5 million, The Lion King. Now, I, I mean, this is something that me, Jermaine, and Peter dead hit at number two. I think we all knew this movie was going to crush, right? And it really did. Uh, I mean, uh, that that music, the score, uh, the photorealistic animals goring each other. Uh, audiences really loved everything that this Disney live-action remake had to offer. Maybe I shouldn't call it live action because it is technically animation, but photorealistic animation. It does does have one live action shot, Dave. Oh, really? First shot of the film is a live action shot. The first shot is live action. Yeah, it's like the sun uh, rising. Oh, interesting. Up over the savanna. Well, there you go. It's it's live action. Who can even (laughs) tell anymore? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, The Lion King, definitely a movie we thought would do really well. It did do really well, Uh, but... I, I don't know if it's a movie that any of us particularly like that much. Um, I mean, actually, 
You know, why don't we just pause here for a moment and talk about overall what we thought of the summer. Um, I thought it was a pretty brutal summer. I would say this is probably the weakest set of films I have seen since, certainly since we started doing the summer movie wager, but possibly since I started podcasting. Uh, what do you What do you guys think of it? How do you, as we get to the end of the well, summer, how are you feeling about? But this here's the question, Dave. I can't even remember to the beginning of the summer, all the way in March or April or whenever that was. Like, did we expect that the summer was going to have good movies? Like, did you it always do? Us? Yeah, I think we always have hope, Peter. We always yeah. hope that the the movies will be good. You know, every time the lights go down, Peter, you say, "Please be good." I I, I, th- <laughs> I say that I say that about every summer. You, you look at that and you're like, "How is Hobbs and Shaw going to be bad? It's got everything." You know, you think that about every movie. And then you're always disappointed, but it's the optimi- optimism in us that sort of does that. I don't know if I'd say it's like the worst ever. I don't know if I'm at your level, Dave, but like, yeah, you look at a couple of these movies and they're pretty pathetic. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it's not uh, even like, it's not even that like, you know, it's more like there were very few, uh, we're always going to get terrible films. It's like there were very few movies that were great, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes and, sense. And, and I mean, but looking over the previous summers, I mean, you know, last summer wasn't super great either. The year before, we had uh, Wonder Woman, we had Dunkirk, and we had War for the Planet of the Apes. You know, yeah. the, we'll two, always two, have twenty seventeen. So twenty seventeen, like that's like that's solid. Like you always expect some movies to be bad, but uh, there, there's at least a few movies that are going to be great. This year, I think there's only one movie on here that I would consider great um, out of the top 10. But I, but, I think, but we'll I think there's like five out of the 10, Dave, or like eight out of 10 movies. I mean, for, for yeah, you, I mean, they are. For you, they are. And that's cool. Uh, there's only one movie on this whole list that I would watch again. Put it that way. Wow. Um, so, Life of Pets 2. I know oh, you were... well, actually, actually, no, you're right. Two, two movies. <laughs> okay, actually, okay. Avengers Endgame was pretty good, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoyed Avengers Endgame. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, it was a pretty rough summer. And... I would also say that um, even though our scores were pretty solid this year, I think like none of us really predicted how it would end up. Like yeah. one of us came pretty close, and that person's the winner. But uh, like some of these rankings are so out of the realm of what we <laughs> thought would happen. Yeah, the middle it, of the pack is really different for everybody. I think I, we all I love how I love how when this happens, other years, Dave, years for you. <laughs> You win. You don't say this. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Peter, who's to say I didn't win this year? I think it's still anybody's game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, according uh, to the odds on the website, yes. But yeah, uh, you know, um, well, ah. it, 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 as Jermaine said, the middle of the pack, right? Like everything between like three and nine, essentially, like is a complete wasteland when it comes to our choices. So anyway, uh, overall, I, I didn't have a very positive impression. Sounds like Jermaine was more positive. Sounds like Peter was more positive. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so number two, the Lion King, uh, that made $523 million. Number three, Toy Story four with $430.8 million. That's a movie that Jermaine, Peter, and I dead hit, right? And I think, uh, Devinder, where'd you put Toy Story four? You put it at number two, right? Yeah. I basically, yeah, made the opposite decision yeah yeah we were we you reversed toy story and and the lion king and but like uh, that that spelled my demise yeah i mean the fact that dearly the the fact that you therefore got both of those wrong uh put us at uh, the three of us me peter and jermaine at a big advantage when it comes to top three 
Um, but yeah, Toy Story Jeff 4. Jeff also did that as yeah, well. Jeff did the same thing. So I, w- I will say I am surprised by that result. I know the Lion King was a huge, huge thing, but you know, this movie, this movie is, is the same movie. Uh, I'm surprised it's been 10 years since Toy Story. I feel like typically, especially when you have that long, uh, lead time, uh, between sequels, you tend to have like a bit of a buildup of anticipation and everything. Uh, I guess the Lion King sort of got that right. Cause it's been. How how long since the original movie? I, so. I just think the Lion King transcends media in in a way that I don't feel Toy Story does. Um, I mean, yes, you can buy toys and there's cartoons and stuff like that, but like, I just do think that the Lion King is a cultural phenomenon in the way that that Toy Story isn't. Like with the with the musical and the music and like that being persistent. I mean, like you've got a friend yeah, of me yeah, yeah. is a great song. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I, I don't know that it's something that people think is like music that you can pass on from generation to generation, which I feel like the Lion King is. How dare um, you do? Anyway. How dare you? <laughs> I, I, I would also argue that I think most people thought that Toy Story 3 was the end of that franchise and they didn't think that Pixar could make like, a yeah, good Toy Story What else Story can 4. they do? Yeah. Like, we didn't need a Toy Story 4 and I, I know, Dave, maybe you disagree that the movie was good. It, it wasn't great. That's for sure, but um, it was a solid film. I think it was a solid film. Yeah, I, I think it was better than everybody expected. But uh, you know, I, we didn't necessarily need a Lion King either. Uh, although, I guess you could argue maybe that the Lion King was showing us something more than what Toy Story Four was showing us. Yeah, from yeah, a, that's. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. That's what I was going to say. I was yeah. like, the Lion King was something that we've only really seen once before in the Jungle Book, and this took it to another level. I mean, Toy Story when it came out in '95 was doing that and that's why that is sort of transcended to to this time you know but like if this was it's almost like it was like lion king 4 you know toy story 4 is lion king 4 it's like we've seen it already okay the story is very very good you expect that from pixar but the lion king gave you those visuals and and a reason to go to the theater right like you said han zimmer score those big songs that new technology yeah you know i think all of those things kind of gave it that edge over toy story agreed completely jermaine i think that like however however you feel about the aesthetic decisions of the lion king which i was not a huge big fan of it uh it was something new like they were trying something new that hadn't really been attempted very often before uh you know the jungle book is probably the closest but i mean whatever i have to say about how good the lion king was as a movie it was interesting to look at, you know what I mean, um, and and not really good for emoting when you have photorealistic uh, lions. But in any case, uh, so Toy Story came in at number three, coming in at number four with three hundred eighty-six million dollars. Spider-Man: Far From Home. Now, I, I, you know, at this point in the list, I'm still looking pretty freaking solid. I have to say, me and Jermaine dead hit numbers one, two, three, and four. <laughs> Right, I mean, Jermaine. You know, props to you and me for doing such a great job. Dead at hitting, but mostly me. Sorry, Uh, that's (laughs) Book of Mormon. Yeah, Book of Mormon reference. Nice. Um, But yeah, Spider-Man: Far From Home. I think we all and uh, Jeff got this at number four as well. Devendra, you're pretty close. I think, right? You ranked this as um, uh, number five, and uh, so did Peter. Right, Peter, you put this number five. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think my biggest mistake of this list is by far putting Detective Pikachu at number four. <laughs> I I think that was just a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, you think you think we told you that? You want to go back and listen? Yeah. So I was yeah. telling you, just laughing about that was like the what was that was the Christopher Robin of this year was yeah. 
Well, okay. no, 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 Jermaine, Jermaine, trust me, that that is coming up soon. I, oh, okay, I okay, okay. I assure right, you. Um, but I, I think something that I said right when we recorded the original episode is Spider-Man: uh, Homecoming did really well. It made three hundred and thirty-four million dollars domestic. And the question you need to ask yourself, gentlemen, is: Has Spider-Man's popularity grown or waned since then? And the answer is grown. I mean, this movie made fifty million dollars more money uh, coming off. Uh, the Avengers Endgame Afterglow uh, then but, did but I, Spider-Man I think that Homecoming. also helped because it was almost like a sequel to Endgame in a way yeah. that it continued it was, that, that story. Absolutely. Yeah. So you put it, it at number four. It's almost like we factor that into our decision to put that at number four, Peter. <laughs> I, I, over, I overestimated millennials and their addiction to Pokemon. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, Devendra had an interesting choice for number four. He chose Aladdin. And he came far closer than any of us thought. Uh, that Aladdin would be. Because um, Aladdin is actually number five with $354 million. This is something that I think like really caught a lot of us uh, by surprise. I don't think any of mm-hmm. us... I, I mean, none of us dead hit Aladdin at number five. Um, yeah, we, we all got close, but yeah, no one dead hit. Peter came the closest. He put it at number six. Um, also, I think Devinger put it at number four. I mean, I, I think if you asked us to predict would Aladdin, which is... Uh, you know, basically a community theater version of the original animated film. Like, would that movie make <laughs> over $300 million? I, I don't think any of us thought, like, e- even at number five in the list, I don't think any of us thought this movie would make this much money, right? Like, you need to be over $300 million this year to be at that level. And um, typically, you know, only the top four movies or so make over $300 million, right? Um, and so the fact that Aladdin made $350 million was a huge shock. Um, yeah. Any, I mean, any other thoughts on Aladdin being number five this year? I think you said it. I mean, I think it's just the shock of it. I mean, I'm one of the few people that I, I understand why people don't like that movie. It, like I just watch it in a nostalgic way and it was like watching the original again. And I think that's what people felt the same way with like Lion King. I think it's basically the same movie, you know, uh, it's just let's remake that movie that people love and they'll go see it because they want to feel good again. Um, and, but even knowing that $350 million, a billion dollars international, never would have guessed it coming from Guy Ritchie and Will Smith, like all the the early talk about Will Smith's genie and you're like, oh my God, it's gonna be terrible. And it kind of was, but it kind of worked in the aesthetic. Yeah. It it all was like, just this like balancing act that they just kind of hit, uh, for general audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people seem to really love it. Good uh, cinema score, possibility of a sequel. Yeah. Peter, what are you going to say? I, I will say this. You were saying that none of us could have expected that the number five movie would make over $300 million. But I think on the podcast, I said, I predicted that the top six movies would make over $300 million. And I was I was wrong about one of those films, mm. which, uh, or actually, I guess I was wrong about two of those films. But, but I was right. I, I was kind of close to that number. And we'll get to that film in a little bit. So, I mean, comparing it to 2008, right, uh, Deadpool was number four at uh, $324 million. And then, yeah, there is a huge drop-off, if I recall. Ant-Man and the Wasp was number five last year, and that movie only made $216 million, right? So I think we were all assuming, or at least I was assuming, that like there would be a big drop-off after number four, right? After Spider-Man Far From Home, we'd be a, it'd be like $100 million less and in fact, it was only like $30 million less. And then the huge drop-off happened after number five this year. Um, 
So coming in at number six with $170 million this year, John Wick Chapter 3. This is the one that none of us had on our top 10 list. Nope. Uh, and three of us had, you know, Jermaine didn't even have it on the top 10 list. I didn't have it as top 10. Peter, yeah. Jeff, and Devendra all put it as Dark Horse. Uh, this is the success movie of the, the success story of the summer, right? I mean, this movie made more money than the previous two films combined. Uh, none of us thought it would, like, even if you put it as Dark Horse, I don't think any of us thought it would make number six, right? I don't think any of us thought it would make more money than Hobbs and Shaw, Secret Life of Pets 2, Detective Pikachu, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm very glad it made more money than Hobbs and Shaw. I will say that. I think that what's great about this movie is it's like real people doing real stunts. You know, it's like Uh the Mission Impossible fallout of the summer. Like, people want to tune in to see people do actual things and not just like CG soup. And they got it with John Wick Chapter 3. Like, yes, there's a bunch of CG but fundamentally, you believe that's Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. doing a lot of that stuff. I'm glad this movie definitely beat out Hobbs and Shaw. Also, because uh, that movie has what The Rock flying down a skyscraper, <laughs> I- doing the like most cliched action movie thing ever. Like it's, I'm very glad about this, even though it was not good for me. Well, I don't know about, I don't know if running down a skyscraper like vertically, flying, is a... <laughs> flying down a skyscraper. Is, it, is that the second movie that The Rock has? Done that in? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, the first one was a was joking about how cliched doing that is. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I I think the shocking thing here is that John Wick Chapter th- Three almost doubled Chapter Two's box office. Mm-hmm, I don't yeah. think any of us could have anticipated. There was that. a lot of like home video lead in. I guess I think that was it. Like people were ready. They were finally ready for the series, and they showed up. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't even recall it streaming anywhere for particularly long, but like this is this is definitely one of those movies that uh, that caught fire on home video. And we should also point out that this, by the way, when I was talking about like what's the only movie I'd rewatch, like this is the one, other than um, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Like this is the only one out of all the top ten movies that I'm actually buying the Blu-ray. For. You wouldn't rewatch Far From Home. Uh, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. Far From Home yeah. was fine. It was completely fine. But I, I, but I feel, I, I feel like yeah. if you do an MCU rewatch, Dave, you're not going to skip Far From Home. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to do an MCU rewatch. <laughs> We're done. We're never going to do that again. Okay, Peter? <laughs> I mean, Peter, Peter, we've all spent over 50 hours of our lives watching MCU movies at this point. You yeah. Know, like, do I really that, need that to spend 50 hours of our lives? What'd you say? That was a good 50 hours of our lives. Agreed, but it's not like time, it's not a set amount of time that I feel the need to make e- into an even longer period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it helped that John Wick Chapter 3 was a kick-ass movie. Jermaine, what did you think of John Wick Chapter 3? Uh, I honestly wasn't a fan. I, I, I liked the first two better. I thought they kind of dropped the ball on a lot of the uh, mythology stuff that I was really looking forward to and the whole premise. It was like, oh, it's going to be John Wick against everybody. And then it was John Wick against everybody for 30 seconds. And then he flew off into somewhere to find some deus ex machina guy yeah, no, who gave true. him a thing so i i didn't love it um uh i'm glad it did really well i think it also had to do we're in this kind of like i guess the word is keanu sans you know yeah. that everybody's got it, largely in part because of the 170 million dollars john with three made um but he was gonna always be my maybe build head blah 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 but yeah, i think uh video game like it's all over the place yeah 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 he, he just huge and uh so i didn't love it um i'm very surprised like i said it didn't even make my dark horse um, but yeah, I like when these movies do that because yeah, maybe now Warner brothers or Sony or somebody will be like, you know what? Like the people will turn out to these like $70 million action movies, you know, like it doesn't have to be Hobbs and Shaw, which probably costs $250 million, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I actually agree with you, Jermaine. I thought it was a pretty weak as pretty weak as a film. The problem is the action scenes are so exceptionally executed. You know, um, like the knife scene is just. It's just I've been watching action yeah. movies for a really long time, and I I thought like, oh, you can't really show me anything new anymore. Like everything I've seen is like a variation of something else. And I was like, when I watched that knife scene, I was like, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen seen anything like this before. Um, so I, I thought it was the action scenes are so incredible in the movie, uh, and it really gives you your money's worth, you know, when you're going to see this movie in the theater. So, yeah. John Wick Chapter Three, uh, really fun fun movie. All right, coming in at number seven with $159 million, Hobbs and Shaw. So, Jermaine, you came the closest with this. Uh, you got seven points for it because you originally had ranked Hobbs and Shaw as num- your number six. I think I'd ranked it as uh, my number nine along with Peter. Uh, Devinder ranked it as number 10. Jeff ranked it as number five. Uh, and this movie did fine. I mean... It's, yeah, know. I think yeah, I think they they definitely expected more out of it. I mean, it's been much bigger internationally, um, but again, that's not our game, uh, which I'm fine with. That sounded like I didn't care. I kind of like just keeping it domestic. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I put it so high because I mean, I'll look at the box office, all the other Fast and Furious movies. You know, they've done so so well. It was coming out in that late summer, not a lot of competition. We've seen movies like Guardians of the Galaxy come out in August and like basically blow away the competition. Um, so I really thought it was going to do that. I think it just comes down to the reason that the you realize, like, no, the Fast and Furious movies, it wasn't that name. It was the multicultural essence of them, you know? And I think that that cast, as opposed to, you know, two big burly guys punching, you know, and, and remaking Tango and Cash with more money, it, it, it was just fine. Like, I love the Fast and Furious movies, and I disliked this movie. Um, so, but I think audiences would turn out, and they did, and I was close, and... Uh, but I think I'm I'm frankly surprised that it didn't make more money. Are you saying that the F- Fast and Furious movies are about family? Is that what you're trying to say? And that it's not profitable to break up the family? I'm saying hashtag family. <laughs> the Fate of the Furious was the eighth Fast and Furious movie. That movie made $226 million. This movie is looking like it's going to wrap up around you know, 159, 160 or so. Um, that is a big come down from the last Fast and Furious movie. Um, so it's not terrible. You know, it, it, it wasn't a catastrophe, but it certainly uh, was not a massive runaway success, at least domestically, that I think they were hoping for. Uh, and it sounds like, uh, Devinger, you didn't really like this movie, huh? Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, I mean, it's fine. I, I think I said what we, pretty much what I was saying in our review, but yeah, it disappointed me because it wasn't really a Fast and Furious movie. And, it fury it infuriates me to see action movies with basically no stakes. Like that's honestly part of my issue with John Wick Two, which is a movie where uh, John Wick was basically invincible because he he had a he had a fancy he had a bulletproof, bulletproof suit. suit. Yeah. Whereas in three, like there is pain. There there is a lot of sacrifice there, and I appreciate that. All right. Well, that's Hobbs and Shaw at number seven, coming in at number eight uh, with one hundred fifty seven point nine million dollars is The Secret Life of Pets Two. I remember when this movie came out, this was kind of a, a shock at, at like how s- franchises were faring this summer, which is in general not well. I mean, 
yes, you got the Marvel franchise. Yes, you got John Wick. But then there was a bunch of movies like The Secret Life of Pets 2 and Godzilla that didn't do nearly as well as people thought they might. Compare this to Secret Life of Pets 1, which made $368 million. I was thinking like, hey, hey, maybe um, it'll do like half that and that'll still be pretty good. It did not even do half that, right? Um, it came in with, uh, again, a hundred and fifty-seven point nine million million. Jermaine, did you see this movie? Uh, I did not. Even with Harrison Ford doing his first voice ever, I did not see this movie. No. And did anyone see it? Peter, did you see this movie? No. Secret Life Pets 2? Okay, none of us no. saw it. But, but no. this was a film that I thought was going to break 300. I thought, like, you yeah. know, because of the success of that first one, Universal is building theme park rides based on this franchise. Dude. And uh, it did much less than expected. Yeah, if you look, if you look at the scores, I, I made the least points on this. Uh, I only got three points. Everybody else got seven or five. So I was, I had it much further away. I, I, where did I have it? I don't even know. But uh, you, you, Jermaine had it number, number five. five. Yeah, yeah. That's how much I, I was with you guys. I was like, yeah, if it made three hundred eighty sixty million, it's got to make three hundred million, right? And most of the time, sequels do better in this day and age. Uh, yeah. not here. Yeah, yeah. People really didn't want to learn more about the secret life of pets. Uh, I mean, that that is like, yeah, $200 million less than the first one made domestically. I mean, I just feel like that has to be somewhat of a disappointment for people. Um, but uh, not having seen the movie, uh, we can't really talk too much about uh, how they compare. Uh, the first movie worldwide made $875 million. This one made four hundred twenty-two. So I don't know if there's going to be Secret Life of Pets 3, but it didn't perform as well as any of us thought it would in this year's summer movie wager coming in at number nine uh aka peter shame is uh with 144 million dollars detective pikachu detective pikachu peter peter what went wrong here what went wrong here <laughs> um you you put this at your number four this movie is number nine what, what, well, what multitude you... of things here dave yeah uh, what do you think happened well the film's not a good film <laughs> number one i think if it had been the you know the Pokemon movie that everybody wanted it to be that they were trying to sell. They're trying to sell all these Pokemon in this Pokemon world. If it had been that, I think it could have done a little bit better. Maybe not as high as I had expected, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I you, know, you Dave. thought this movie would make over $300 million, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. So it did make 144. So that's almost half. So that's pretty good. That's almost half. Yeah. That's almost half. Uh, so, I mean, I think, yeah, the movie was only okay. Uh, the the phenomenon of the Pokemon franchise, like, you know, where, like, you have, like, many of your friends are actually playing the real game in real life on their phones. Like, that just didn't translate into seeing uh, a two-hour movie starring Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and it is to the eternal detriment of Peter Serretta's 2019 <laughs> yeah. movie with you, I mean so. th th this also hit me pretty hard too because I put this at number six yeah so I certainly expected it to do better like Pokemon Pokemon's pretty big guys it's a pretty yeah. big <laughs> franchise it is the single I believe it's it is a franchise that's made the most money in the entire world of every any franchise that's ever existed so yeah I'm, I'm surprised by this I'm not sure what the deal was I think I think maybe the deal might have been if the movie was better of course but also like Maybe that $144 million are just the Pokemon fans or still like the diehards. The movie didn't cross over. You know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. like who was a Pokemon fan told their friends like, oh, the movie's so good. Why? Because I really connected to it. It really made me laugh. No, it was like, 
oh, I love seeing, you know, Bulabasser or whatever the heck their name is. You know, you're like, so, so like, why am I going to pay 15 bucks to see Charmander? And you're like, because he's awesome. And that nobody cared. Like, C- just, careful, careful, Jermaine, you're flexing your Pokemon knowledge a little too that much. That was, those are the only three I know. This is literally the only three I know. I mean, Pikachu is in the title. Yeah. But like, I think it needed to cross over. It didn't cross over. Um, and uh, I think Peter probably that, I mean, they needed to do that for him to make that kind of money. And it just was not even close. Yeah. Well, l- let me say this though. It's much of a blunder as this is. And I know we don't know who won or lost other than Jeff. Um, but, or who did we say revealed to vendor? I don't know. Whatever. Um, we get off light here, by the way. I mean, I, if he's listening or not, we got to, <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to say though, it, it's much of a blunder as this was. Dave, if you got beat by me, like, what does that say about your picks? Oh, yeah. I mean, it says it says that I got screwed over royally <laughs> by number 10 on this list, which is, you know, Seymour Skinner in that Simpsons meme. He's like, no, it's the children who are wrong. That's kind of me with this movie coming in at number 10 with $131 million once upon a time in Hollywood. This is the movie that completely fucked my list because if, if this movie <laughs> if this movie had not landed in number ten, uh, I would have won the summer movie wager this year. Yeah, it's a shame it was so good, right, Dave? Yeah. Um, no, it's not. I actually really didn't like the movie. And that, this is a, this is like Peter. You remember like when I when we when I walked yeah. out of this movie, I was like, dude, I have gotten this summer movie wager sewn up, baby. Like, there's no way this movie that's two hours and forty minutes long. Uh, that in which almost no action occurs. That's just about the life of these actors, like palling around. There's no way this movie's gonna make uh, over a hundred million dollars. It's not even gonna be, you know, in, in in anywhere close to Quentin Tarantino's most successful movie. At the very least, I thought that the drop from week one to week two uh, would be brutal, and it wasn't. It actually held extremely well, and that's how it got into number ten. At $131 million. And, and, and that was to a huge detriment to you because yes. Jermaine and I both had this at number 10. So that means that's a 12-point swing in our it, favor. I mean, yeah. Uh, larger than that, Peter, because uh, I actually, for a long time, had the correct... Uh, uh, my yeah. the, like Rocket Man was at number ten for quite a while, which this is, my is like rubbing 10. salt in Dave's wounds. Yeah, and right then now. and then yeah. Godzilla was at number ten, which is a movie that I think all of us had on our top ten list, right? Yeah, yeah. Except yeah. for my, I did not, but yeah, so yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so number ten, like Jermaine and Peter both dead hit that, giving them thirteen points each, uh, which is a huge, huge swing in points. Uh, I mean, th- any thoughts on why this movie was so successful? Adults needed a movie this summer. Like, look, you said it's a bad summer, and I agree. And I think the best movies weren't movies they could see in uh, in theaters, uh, you know, their local AMC or Regal, except for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's something that people wanted to talk about. It was the only movie this summer, really, maybe besides Endgame, uh, that, that, like, you wanted to discuss afterwards and people had theories about, you know? Like, it was a conversation. You had to see it to talk about it. People are still doing that. Did Cliff kill his wife? Did this and that? Minor spoiler stuff. But like, you know, there's there's controversy about, you know, the portrayal of Asian Americans and things of that nature. Like so many things in here that even if you had to like hate watch it, you had to see it. Yeah. And so the depiction uh, of Asian yeah. American, I just want to point out. But yes. Uh, correct. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I think it was, uh, you know, it was a conversation piece. It's Tarantino. He's a brand now. Um, 
and it was that late. It was that kind of late summer thing. So it came out yeah. late. Also, July. that cast. I feel like that cast yeah, yeah. was enough to make everybody just like, ah, I gotta see this. Yeah, totally. The trailers are great. It was marketed insanely well. See, um, I mean, you you say all, you say all that, Jermaine, but I don't think any of us would have predicted at the beginning of summer that this movie would come in above the next three movies, or at least two of the next three movies, right? <laughs> well, except for myself uh and uh and peter uh but no you're right like like if you look at like no no i i actually think that literally uh well you're right you're right. i mean one of the next three movies is men in black international you had that ranked as number nine on your list right yeah i'm yeah it was maybe because men in black was you know is a very successful franchise they just put out a piece of shit movie. Yeah. Um, so I think if that movie was halfway good, it would have made a it made an extra hundred million dollars. Um, People could smell it from a mile away, though. Yeah, totally. You're totally right. Well, I mean, what, what do you mean? They could smell that it was a a bad movie. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. All the trailers look horrible. Yeah. Um. Pretty pretty rough stuff. Pretty rough. And I think Godzilla. I mean, I was surprised that that didn't do better. I mean, big giant monsters like that. And that movie, I think, delivered visually. Again, not really in a narrative level, but you know, in that that's it's kind of akin to Lion King there. Yeah, w- and, wait a second. Let's talk about Godzilla for a second because that's a movie that was on four out of the five lists. Actually, it was on all of our lists because Jermaine, you had it as Dark Horse, but the yeah. rest of us had it like on our list proper's. And uh, well, most Chad, of us... wait, 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 where did David have that list? Where I mean, that I list might, go? I might have put Godzilla <laughs> higher than anyone else. Oh yeah, at number at number five. Um, which, wait, how am I getting crap from Pikachu when when you had Godzilla at number five? Yeah, I mean, fair fair question, but you did put P- Detective Pikachu at number four. However, but Pikachu it, made the list. <laughs> Pikachu made the list. You're right. I mean, this year. Um, uh, this is this is a choice that I will heretofore uh, refer to as David's folly, um, <laughs> which is me putting Godzilla at number five, a catastrophic decision that. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's just uh, um, even right now, thinking back on it, I'm speechless at how bad of a choice that was. Um, but I could not have predicted how badly Godzilla would do. Godzilla King of Monsters uh, came in at number 11 with one hundred ten million dollars. So yep. it did not even make the top 10. Also um, a case of it being a terrible movie. So I guess that that didn't help. Yeah, yeah. It didn't help. I think I but I'm even even now looking at this list. I can't believe Godzilla's not on it. Like yeah. it just looks like a misprint that John Wick is number five or number six. Yeah, you're like, no, 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 Godzilla, Godzilla, right? That's How justice, this- justice for one, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> justice for Keanu. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so this is the, this is the the summer when like, okay, we had like these big stable fran like big successful franchises that failed to have a sec a, a follow up entry, right? I'm thinking Godzilla, I'm thinking Men in Black, and I'm thinking Secret Life of Pets too. Um, all those movies, and then to some extent, Hobbs and Shaw, right? All those movies kind of fail to deliver on expectations. Um, but then on the other hand, there's also like Dark Phoenix too. There's oh yeah, Dark Phoenix down the list. Yeah, Dark Phoenix didn't even make the top thirteen of uh, oh, yeah. of the summer. But then and you have also never Avengers speak Endgame of it again, never again. <laughs> I don't want out, people... on, out on digital streaming today. So enjoy. I don't want people to think that um, like there's this idea going around like franchise fatigue. I don't believe that that franchise fatigue is happening because you have Avengers Endgame, The Lion King, Toy Story 4, Spider-Man Far From Home, Aladdin, and John Wick 3 doing massively well. Um, that does not indicate franchise fatigue to me. That indicates that um, some franchises have fatigues. Others are doing pretty pretty successfully. So 
Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters, coming at number 11 with $110 million. I, I will say this. Out of all the sequels and franchises you listed, Dave, Godzilla 2 was the only one that looked like, from the trailers, looked good. And I don't know why people didn't show up. Like, you know, it had Millie Bobby Brown. It had, you know, like, I don't know. It just feels like the trailers sold it well. Right. I don't, like, and I don't think we can take credit as critics. at Or maybe it's the the bad buzz on social media and stuff just as a whole i guess you know maybe it just felt inessential i i i guess because if i'm to speculate maybe it's because out out of all the characters in all of the movies that we've discussed today godzilla probably has the least personality i'm just gonna make that put that out there right like that like thinking to like think of all these movies think of like every character in all the movies all of them have like really clear personality. Some of them are super charismatic. Godzilla, um, I mean, I value his personality. You know, he's <laughs> he's an introvert, late bloomer, uh, very uh, generous. He, he's spawned a pretty big franchise of uh, you yeah. know movies driven by his personality. But yeah, I guess in America, we never really got the cool Godzilla. Right? Yeah, that's what but I'm I saying. But I also think, and I think like like Peter mentioned, Millie Bobby Brown. The fact that she's the first name that comes out of your mouth for this movie, it kind <laughs> well, of says a lot. Like we're no, I, I agree. This she's, was the summer very, of Stranger Things three, and like yeah. that's such a huge cultural thing. Like I don't uh, she, know. Well, well, for three days, it absolutely was. And then, um, <laughs> but then that breakfast, Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, you know, um, Tywin you, Lannister, you know, right? Uh, O'Shea, uh, yeah, Ice Cube, son. Like that was like it, and like you were like, I think maybe there's your Godzilla. And Rodan and all these guys—they should be the stars, but I don't think they are. You know, I think, uh, like you said, maybe yeah, he's not as big a star, Godzilla, as uh, Warner Brothers thought. Yeah, and there's a difference between uh, whether someone will tune into you on the app that's on their TV uh, and watch Stranger Things, or whether they're willing to bring the whole family out, get babysitters, and you know, shell out the cash to go see a movie that you're in. Um, uh, I think there's just very few actors on earth today uh, that can open a movie, right? Oh, um, don't get me wrong. I don't think Millie Bobby Brown can open a movie, but I feel like usually if the marketing is good, you get the butts in the seats. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. E- even like, I you know, agree. the Transformers movies, they can have like bad reviews one after another and still the trailer is awesome until the people fifth show up. But yeah, but yeah. eventually that changed. But you're right. That shouldn't have changed after. Godzilla one, which did very well, even though it's kind of slow, and then uh, Kong Skull Island, which people generally liked, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Pete. Like I said, like it just looks wrong that it's not on that list because think about those trailers, think about those posters, those green hues and blue and yellow, like they were awesome. It was such a great campaign, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and and I'm not even fighting this battle because I wasn't the one that got the six spots off from my my list, uh, Dave Chen. Uh, <laughs> six spots, you, you know. Spot. Six, six spots. I, you know, my my blunder was five spots. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Thanks for uh, clarifying that. Um, you got you got points. You get zero points. You get zero points for Godzilla. Uh, Peter, you got three points for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Coming in at number twelve with ninety six point three million dollars was Rocket Man. Now, I was widely mocked by Jeff Kanata for putting this as my number ten, and at the end of the day, it was still a terrible decision to put it at number ten. But I think it came a lot closer to the top 10 than any of us thought. Um, uh, absolutely. For a lot of the summer, it actually occupied the number 10 spot. 
And if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood hadn't done so well, or for you know, I mean, it's it made fourteen million dollars less than Godzilla two. I have a feeling it cost a lot less to make than Godzilla two. You know, yeah. um, and uh, so yeah, it, it came in at number twelve. You, three of you had it as Dark Horses. Jermaine, Peter, and Devendra had it as Dark Horse. I put it at number ten. It barely missed um, number ten spot. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made one hundred thirty one million dollars. So it's, it's, it's a little bit under there, but for a long time it was on the top ten. Uh, and I'm bummed it kind of missed out. And finally, coming in at number 13 with $79.7 million, Men in Black International. Uh, Jermaine had it as number nine. Devendra had it as your number eight. I mean, how do you feel about its spot at, at number 13, gents? It's uh, pretty bad. It's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel yeah. that way about my entire list. I chose poorly several times. Uh, the other thing is, like, I had... I know those trailers weren't great, but I had a bit of hope that Men in Black International would at least uh, be watchable, at least be fun or something. And that movie is, you know, I fell asleep during that movie several times. Yeah, it, it's really bad. I, again, surprised because of what you were saying, David, the the franchises, I think, uh, you know, and also Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are coming off Endgame. Chris Hemsworth is on this like role. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, I think this one is a, a thing of it was just so bad. No one <laughs> talked about it. No one cared. I think Mondo put out a poster today, and it was just like sitting there on the site. Like it, you just—it's one of those things that you're like, uh, who who cares about this anymore? Like it's a fun franchise, a fun world that they just kind of did not have a core idea for. All right. Well, that was number thirteen. Uh, again, Jermaine and Devinder had that as number nine and eight, respectively, and Peter. Uh, me and Jeff had it as a dark horse. So, gents, we got to talk about all the choices we made that didn't make it into the top 10 at all, right? And we've already referenced some of them. Um, I think the biggest one probably would be Dark Phoenix, right? Devendra, you put that as your... Um, uh, did you put that anywhere, actually? No, no I didn't think so. No, no. no one, I was no. not that stupid. Oh, uh, okay? Jermaine. Jermaine had that as a dark horse. I did yeah. have it as a dark horse, And yes. Jeff put it as number 10, which was... Terrible decision. Terrible decision. But it, it didn't even make the top 13. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... And, and wait, wait, Dave, let me look at yours here. Was that, is that yesterday? Like, Danny Boyle? <laughs> as a Dark Horse? You're going to give me crap for Dark Phoenix? And by the way, I'm the one person in the world who likes wait, Yesterday. Wait, wait, how much did Jesus. Yesterday make? Yesterday made $73 million. So it was actually considered... It's like, actually close. It's actually closer than I expected. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it actually almost beat Men in Black International. So. <laughs> it did. Okay. So it's not, that's not as bad as I thought it was. But, but Dark Phoenix, yeah, and money-wise. I mean, but Dark Phoenix is just just boring and bad and just everything that we're talking about, some are all wrapped into one movie. So not a fan of it, Jermaine, it sounds like. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I'm trying to see what else did we choose. I mean, yesterday, yeah, I mean, that didn't, you know... I guess people don't like the Beatles, guys, okay? I guess people don't like the music of the Beatles. Sorry that I got wrong that people would like the transformative and transcendent music of the Beatles. My bad, I guess. <laughs> like I said, I like that movie. I'm the only one, but I like it. Uh, I think that's about it in terms of like things we chose that didn't make the top 10, right? Um. Yeah. I, I will say this. It does seem like like the average score for this year. If you look at like the full rankings, which you can see on the summer movie site is about like 60. And we all did about average, if not better than average. Yeah. So I, I have some stats, but I guess 
since we've talked about our top tens uh, to the extent that we're going to, we can reveal who the winner is, right? Let's let's talk about what our final scores were, final tabulations. Um, Jeff Kanata had 57 points. Devindra, how many points did you get? Uh, very low. Uh, let me let me go back to my tab. It's not good. My tab is somewhere far away. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good. 56. Um, so 56. Jeff beat you by one. Yeah. So as much as I would like to make fun of Jeff's list, uh, clearly it was <laughs> superior to mine. Clearly. L- looking back, Devindra, do you have any like greatest regrets uh, about your top ten? My guess well, is probably I've had putting... a few, yeah. Dave. I've had a few. Uh, <laughs> certainly, certainly, I should have gone with Lion King at number two. Like, certainly, I should have <laughs> done that. And uh, you know, Cho- choosing Men in Black International number eight didn't do not you great. any favors. Yeah, not great. Detective Pikachu probably a little too high. Um, Godzilla shouldn't even be on there. Like, yeah, th- there's a lot of things. All right. Well, I came in at number three this year with 66 points. I dead hit numbers one through four. Uh, and until two weeks ago, I was winning this thing. And unfortunately, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, really took down my list. Yeah. Uh, it was really targeted at you specifically, Dave. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, it took down my list as, as fast as Cliff Booth took down Bruce Lee uh, hey, in you, the movie. You, you, <laughs> you, you know how Dave went out and bought uh, a theater for... Um, uh, crazy rich agent. Crazy rich agent. Yeah, I did that for um for this movie. Once, Once upon a time, time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Just so I could take down uh Dave. Uh, I mean, guys, you know, in retrospect, so many mistakes were made. Um, not putting John Wick in my top ten, I, I could not have possibly predicted it would do that well. Putting Godzilla at number five, uh, putting Rocket Man at number ten. I mean, you know. I, I do still think I am the best person at playing this game, but sometimes even the champion can make some mistakes, you know? Critical, fatal, unforgivable mistakes. And that is what <laughs> happened this year, unfortunately. Coming in at number two with 76 points, Peter Serretta. Uh Peter, how do you feel about your list? Um, I actually feel pretty good about my list i mean up until even today i had a 67 percent chance of winning for some reason <laughs> and um i i mean detective pikachu i thought was gonna burn me a lot harder than it did yeah uh that that is a big uh problem on my list but i i, I do wish i didn't have I, I hadn't put godzilla on my list as well but i think those are if i had those two things in the right order i think i would i, I would be killing everybody on this list mm, mm. in another alternate reality if 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 <laughs> if and only uh, if only mr Serena, the staying power of jason statham and Dwayne the rock johnson wasn't as strong as it is you would have won but this weekend hobbs and shaw eked by the secret life of bets too giving me a total <laughs> Of 78 points, and I am your 2019 champion. Congratulations, Jermaine. Thank Congratulations. you. That's me clapping. Thank in the you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, with 78 points, Jermaine Lucier is the champion of this year's <laughs> Summer Movie Wager. So, the big comeback, yes. A few things we need to point wait, out. Wait, wait. So, how many millions of dollars was, was that? Like $2 million? It's, it's like a little over $2 million was the difference between you winning and me winning. Uh, yes. So, 
this year is like set a lot of records. First of all, we do want to give a shout out to the person, the listener who came in first on the leaderboard. Um, his name is uh, Dial uh, or Dial, uh, and he says here, "quote I'm simply a, I'm a simple guy from Puerto Rico stuck in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you very much. Wishing the best for Jeff and his recovery. Thank you." End quote. So, um, congrats to Dial for ranking number one on the leaderboards. Um, by the way, it, 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 it's closer than I thought. It's 1.3 million. Yeah. Oh, so he he got uh Dial got 91 points, which is way higher than any of us. Um Crazy. We should point out that of all the players that entered on the leaderboard, uh Jermaine Lucier came in 94th out of all the players. Uh Peter Serrata came in 174th. Uh I came in 988th. Yeah, baby, <laughs> top 1000. And uh, Jeff Kanata came in 2533rd. With Devendra Hardware coming in two thousand seven hundred and eleventh. There we go. So it, it, it's still surprising to me. With like we had what like four thousand entries to this this year or something, mm-hmm. and no one got the top score. Like the top score would be like what a hundred and six or something. Like no one got all ten of them correct. You're saying yeah. Right? No one yeah, but, like out of four thousand yeah. entries, not one person got the exact ten correct. Yeah, he the main uh, Dial got one, two, three, four. He got seven right. Only seven out of the ten he dead hit. Uh, everything else was close. He had John Wick on his list, but he had it at number nine. Yeah. Um. So he, even he didn't think that much of it. Um. And he only won by a point. Like there was a couple people there right at ninety. But uh, yeah, that's that's a great point, Pete. I, I, you would think just like just the odds of it all, somebody would have hit this random ten movies. You know, we we got of the ten movies. Thir- you know, we basically had like 13, 14 of them. Uh, we, I don't, you know, we picked the 10 out of 14, whatever. I'm losing my train of thought. Anyway, it's weird. <laughs> it's like, it's like that statistic that like, basically there's never been two chess games played that are the same in the same way. Um, no one has chosen the top 10 movies exactly for some reason. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So a bunch more statistics I need to say. Um, uh, again, huge thanks to Dennis from Germany for providing these. Uh, so the global leaderboard had 4,169 entries, uh, and it is the first time that Jermaine Lucier has won the summer movie wage. So congratulations, Jermaine. Officially. Wow. I, 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 won, I won on paper like seven years ago before I was uh, on the podcast. So, uh, Were you playing since the beginning, Jermaine? Uh, no, I played. No, I no, okay. it was not. But the year before I played for real, <laughs> I would have beaten uh, Dan Trachtenberg. But I, of course, didn't. We didn't have Dennis's amazing website. Otherwise, I'd have the receipt. But yeah, <laughs> no, this is my first. This is my first year. And I'm very, very happy to finally win. Um, and not only did you, this is your first time winning, Jermaine, but you are now leading the all time ranking for most points ever for anyone who's entered on the podcast um, with 78 points. Uh, so congrats on that. That is going to be the number to beat for next year. 78 points. Um, you dead hit five choices, right? Avengers Endgame, sure. Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home number one through four. And then you dead hit Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, in general, it was a very high scoring year. The sum of all of our points is higher than in any previous years that we have played, specifically Peter, Jeff, Devinger, Dave, and Jermaine. And Peter, your score but, but, is I was the... Dave, can I say one, one one thing before you tell me my score? Yeah. Uh, I just looked, and in 2017, uh, Jermaine and I, if we had that sco- score in that year, we would have been number one and number two of all, like, the 2,000 people that entered. So we, we got exceptionally high scores this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, to tell this that, yeah, you're about to say. 
Well, I was going to say, Peter's score from this year is the second highest all-time score from anyone oh, wow. who's participated. Uh, 76 points. Thus, if you had entered with this list any other year, you would have won. Um, but, alas, you had to go up against freaking you know, Jermaine with uh, beginner's luck here. Um, I will say, beginner's luck. I, I will say, like, three people will get this reference. Uh, Peter is a Liverpool to mind Manchester City. People will get that. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, wait. So how, how many times have I won, Dave? Um, I am not sure, but I, I, I do know that this is the first time that we've been doing this on the Slash Filmcast where none of the normal hosts from the Slash Filmcast won. Um, like, usually at least one of us uh, right. will win <laughs> between me, uh, Devendra, or uh, or Jeff. And uh, this time, Jermaine came in and uh, stole the championship from us. So right. that is something that will need to be rectified. Uh, now, before we get to Jermaine's choice for what movie we will watch, I, I just want to ask one last time if there are any other thoughts on this summer and our lists uh, as we reflect back on this summer. I mean... When I think of it, it just is something that produced surprise after surprise, right? Even though we got, we all did really well. Um, just like I didn't think Aladdin would do that well. I didn't think it would. I did not think Aladdin would make over three hundred million. Um, did not think John Wick would be such a success. Did not think Hobbs and Shaw and Secret Life of Pets would do that badly. Thought P- Detective Pikachu would do a little bit better. Thought Godzilla wouldn't do that badly. Um, it just was like I was just consistently shocked. Uh, after the top four choices, like top four, I thought were pretty, <laughs> pretty clear, uh, and that's why I was the only other one to dead hit the top four, other than Jermaine. Uh, but everything else was a huge shock to me, and I think it was definitely a summer of surprises. Any, any other thoughts like that that you guys have about the summer? Any other reflections? I think the important thing to winning. As a champion, <laughs> no, I think it's that that number ten. It, it, you got to hit number ten. Like I think if you look back, maybe Dennis can compile it. I'm sure you hitting number ten is a key factor in winning this. Because it is not, so hard. It's so difficult. It's, that's 10. the hardest one for yeah. sure. Number one is so much easier to hit. Oh, yeah, it would. It, I mean, it, it's yeah, absolutely. One, the top ones are always easy, ish. You know, I mean, even I don't mean this as a thing. Even Devendra, who came in last out among us. <laughs> Got all those, got those four movies, just didn't get them in the right order. You know what I mean? Like he knew what the four top movies were going to be. We all did. Um, it was just a matter of hitting them right. But that ten is so hard. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I put Once Upon a Time there. I honestly don't remember my exact reasoning for doing it. Um, I think I probably touched on it a couple minutes ago. But yeah, that's the key, and that's why Peter was right there with me the whole way. Yeah, I mean. Um... Peter also chose Once Upon a Time as his number 10 and uh, definitely proved to be a, a fateful decision for, for both of you. Uh, but yeah. So Jermaine Lucier, we agreed that at the end of this episode, uh, whoever the winner would be would choose one film or TV show under three hours long that everyone else would be compelled to watch. And then we'd all come back and record a podcast episode about it sometime before the next summer movie wager. Yes. You have chosen that thing. All right. Yes. What uh, is? I, I, I'm fearing that I'm going to finally have to watch High School Musical. What you is know what? the thing that you've chosen? You know, I, I, I now that you said High School Musical, I kind of want to switch it to that. I'm not oh, going no. to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for giving me ideas, Peter. Thanks. No, that's a good idea. No, because honestly, you guys would be like, "Oh, that's fine." Like you're like, "It's cute." I get that. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going for pain. 
I'm going to read something for you. This is on the Wikipedia of this oh, no. movie. Jermaine's um, going to be a cruel king. You're drunk yeah. going all God of Egypt. You're all drunk right, with so, power. Oh, yeah. As of June 20... This is from the Wikipedia of this movie. Oh, my God. As of June 2015, based on 105 <laughs> reviews collected by Rotten Tomatoes, Blank has received an overall rating of 10%, with oh, an average score of 3.1 out of 10. Oh. The site's cynical consensus reads, Another teen comedy with little on its mind but moving to the next gross-out gag. Blank strains for laughs and features grating characters. On Metacritic, the film owns a 12 out of 100, based on 28 critics, meaning, quote-unquote, overwhelming dislike. A few critics noted the dialogue as a positive, but not sufficiently good to warrant attention. This movie opened at number 11 at the box office with $2.7 million, the 11th highest grossing opening film of its weekend, and lasted only two weeks in theaters before closing February 14, 2002, with a domestic total of five million two. Uh, 5.2 million dollars can we try to guess what it is actually before no we... no it's, it'll take too long it, it's trust me <laughs> but, uh, but i will say this about that movie out of all those things please tell me you like this movie i love this movie okay all right okay. I that, love that makes movie. it worth it i love this movie i didn't just pick a bad movie for the sake of bad movie it's a bad movie that i love and have personal connections with that we will get into when you guys all watch it and despise it this movie is the 2002 Dewey Nix masterpiece, Slackers, starring Jason Schwartzman, Devin Sawa, Jason Siegel, and oh, Jamie Jesus. King. I've seen this. Oh, my I God. Oh, yeah. my God. Lord <laughs> Prepon is in it. it oh, is, my God. Oh, man. This is a wonderful film. 86 minutes, so that's really easy in and out. Um, it is available for rent on Amazon, and I think there's a link to watch it for free that I can share with you guys. That's a le- that's a legal way, not like a YouTube. Um, I have, of course, have the blue the, not Blu-ray. It's not available on Blu-ray. I have the DVD. <laughs> it's too good uh, for Blu-ray. <laughs> it's too good. Uh, the budget was fourteen million dollars, and yes, it did grow six million dollars. So uh, it was not a success. Um, but it is the weirdest, creepiest little movie with these flashes of brilliance that you're like. Why is this in? Oh, never mind. It's over. And that's Slackers. So, yes, we will convene sometime in the future to discuss Slackers. And honestly, I've been wanting to talk about Slackers since I saw it in college. And so to discuss it with you guys will be absolutely amazing. A dream. Well, well a dream. I-, I will just quote uh, the words of uh, one of my favorite characters, Tyrion Lannister. Uh, Jermaine, I will hurt you for this. I don't, I don't know how yet, but give me time. A day will come when you think yourself safe and happy, and suddenly your joy will turn to ashes in your mouth. And you'll know that that is paid. So, uh, that's Dave, how I you feel. do realize this is karma, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of, of anybody, you, you cannot complain. <laughs> so, the, the choice that Devinger made, uh, the, I'm sorry, that uh, Jermaine made is the mercifully short. 86 minute movie Slackers, <laughs> um, which is which is available to stream somewhere. It's also available to buy or rent. Uh, that will be a future episode of this podcast. By the way, not to be confused with the Richard Linklater film Slacker. Yes, which is a, a good, good which movie. is which is a good movie. Oh, a good this movie. Is the sequel Slackers, not directed or in any relation to them. I, I will say, by the way, the the rules for the winner, right, is uh, a a piece of three hour media, right? Yeah, under three uh, hours, yes. Under three hours. If your thing is so short that's under three hours, I wonder if a future rule is uh, maybe 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 throw another thing in there, another super no, short. No, 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 no. We're not doing that yeah. right now. 
We're not yeah, doing that right it doesn't have to be right now. It could be a future next year. Next voted. year. But I, I think I think Slackers is just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Plus, I, 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 I can just think of like all the the movies, the great classics that that would be great slash film cast episodes yeah. that will never be, but there will be a slackers edition. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like there's so I, many movies. I, I, I am, I'm beaming with, with glee right now. <laughs> like I was talking <laughs> to Dave over the weekend about how like the, the, the matrix retrospective would be good. Like, he, <laughs> you, you know, like with, uh, you guys can do that whenever you want. What? Do, do, you should do that anytime. Yeah, but this, slackers only happens once in a lifetime. There's so many movies that we haven't reviewed in the slash Filmcast, Like, you know, Taxi Driver or Casablanca or Apocalypse Now or Singing in the Rain. Uh, but it's going to be Slackers. It's going to be Slackers. So, and we better all start getting used to that idea. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of the Slash Filmcast. Uh, thanks for playing along with the Summer Movie Wager this year. Thanks to Jeff for stopping by, telling us he's doing okay. Um, and thanks to Dennis for making this Summer Movie Wager a rip-roaring time, as usual. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, it's the best. You, it's so much more fun. I love it. And thanks to Jermaine for participating and and winning, uh, getting the all-time greatest score and choosing Slackers as yes. a movie we'll only need to watch. Yes, I am uh, I'm very, very happy. And I look forward to defending my title next year and getting at least two more podcasts where I can shit talk until we're here next year. And I'm like, oh, God, why did I pick blah, blah, blah. So it's, I know that the the joy is short-lived, but I will enjoy it while I have it. You can find more episodes of this podcast at SlashFilmCast.com. Email us at SlashFilmCast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from uh, AdamWarrock.com. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker Kyle Hillinger. And this episode was edited by Beatty Zhang. Stay tuned to hear what we'll be discussing next week. In the meantime, Jermaine Lucia, where can you find more of your work on the internet? Uh, you can find me watching Slackers uh, all day, every day. Uh, also writing on io9.com and on Twitter and Instagram at, at Jermaine Lucier. How about you, uh, Peter Serretta? Uh, you can read me at SlashFilm.com. I do a daily movie news podcast called Slash Film Daily, which if you like hearing about movie news, subscribe to that on your local podcast app. And I've been running a YouTube channel that mostly is us going to movie and theme park events. But uh, if you want to check that out, go to YouTube.com slash Ordinary Adventures. Devin, your hardware? Or you can find me on Twitter at Devendra, and I write about tech at Engadget.com. We're also going to be bringing back the podcast there soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I host a show where every week I interview someone really interesting, a filmmaker, artist, or writer. You can check that out at culturallyrelevantshow.com. It's called Culturally Relevant. Get an Apple podcast or wherever your podcasts are downloaded. Next week, we'll be discussing It Chapter 2. We'll probably still be without Jeff Kanata, but uh, we have a very, very great guest lined up. I'm really looking forward to it, so... Yeah, it should be awesome. It Chapter 2 is what we're going to be discussing on the Slash Filmcast next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. We watch the movies, flicks, tracks for the good, bad. It's the Slash Filmcast. For all the news and the movies coming out, because you know that it's the thing worth talking about.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.